this is a summary of the story shot a teenage boy shoots a duck on the farm dam when he goes to pick her up he discovers she was sitting on eggs he takes the eggs home wraps them in cotton wool planning to blow them empty for his egg collection but the eggs begin to hatch to his astonishment the ducklings steal his heart and he becomes a concerned father of ducks never to shoot again Pumaleli, Pumaleli and the bird Pumaleli is lame and often excluded from games and activities of his age mates not being able to run fast he becomes an agile tree and cliff climber with very strong arms lonely and left out when other boys scorn him and take their herds up into the mountains Pumaleli climbs the mountain cliffs successfully robs a bee's nest and frees a trapped bird he takes his age mates on the mountain top a gift of honey to their awe and surprise this is from Cicely von Straten for please like what you see collection and my story in please like what you see in other stories is my great redeemer which explores the tale of tutu a teenager with albinism tutu loves playing soccer and his dream is to become a soccer star but his parents are against this the story is set in what is a township in port elizabeth tutu's parents are against the idea of their only son playing soccer because they believe that boys with sensitive skin like Tutu should be careful and not play in the sun. His parents expect Tutu to focus on his education and forget about soccer because they believe it has a shorter career span anyway. But Tutu is not about to be deterred by this. Unbeknownst to his parents, Tutu finds a way of playing soccer at school where soccer coach spots his talent and is, is impressed with how Tutu plays soccer. Initially, when I wrote this story, my idea was to write a YA novel, but I later decided to condense it into a short story. And this will be the first English short story I've ever written or published. So I hope everyone enjoys the story and thank you so much for the opportunity. and my short story Rain is about Kotso and Refilwe, a pair of imperial rain spirits. Who are imperial rain spirits, you may ask? I've always been drawn to the idea that seemingly inanimate objects are in fact sentient, with form, thoughts and feelings, much as we have. As imperial rain spirits, Kotso and Refilwe are responsible for, well, rain. They've been assigned to the southern part of Africa, where one day, with nothing much to do, they enter into a wager for the sheer fun of it. But as you well know, when spirits are capricious, 
the impact is invariably felt by humans. Rain is the story of how the spirit's impetuous wager takes hold of a part of Soweto. So the next time you're caught in bad weather, hurrying to work or home through the rain, it may be that the imperial rain spirits are watching you from their vantage point above the clouds. This is Aurica East, the author of Red Metal Cafe. A small town is often the start of a big story, and a general dealer or cafe as it used to be known as, the supplier of more than just essential groceries, but the best place to find precious information. Precious is often used to describe a metal that is rare and naturally occurring. A precious memory can be held onto for many years as a motivator and a comfort. A special person can be precious and can change your life and your outlook forever. I am Balis Kakane and my short story, Daisy and Flower Girl, is a coming-of-age story with themes that include friendship, family, peer pressure, self-consciousness, the limited worlds of children, imagination, the construction of a self-image, individuality, conscience, and religion. In the story, Flower Girl's strict parents limit her imagination and self-expression. Her next-door neighbor, Daisy, has what might be described as neglectful parents. She has a false sense of freedom that is devoid of substance or structure. Because she is Flower Girl's only glimpse of the outside world and, of course, a desired femininity closer in age to hers, the imperfection of this freedom she enjoys is lost on Flower Girl. The influence Daisy has on Flower Girl is therefore more like the release of pressure in a pipe. It doesn't actually speak to who Flower Girl might want to be independently. In all this, Flower Girl contemplates who her aspirational self truly is without much guidance from her life. You know, she seems pretty distanced from her family herself. Through a dramatic turn of events, her exploration is disturbed by thoughts of responsibility um, and ethics that threaten to derail her entire quest. Because of course, while we're trying to become, we do, do not do that in a vacuum. Um, we have effects on the outside world at the same time. So the story looks at all of this um, in a fairly simple way for teenagers um, to understand. Um, but I think these themes are quite apparent in the text when you read it. I am Pamela Newham and my story is called Invisible Mending. The story begins with 15-year-old Chrissy saying, When I was a little girl, I once heard someone say the words, Invisible Mending, and I asked my Omar 
if the person who did the mending was invisible. Now I know exactly what it means. Chrissy has been spending the school holidays with her Omar, Ma Birdie, who lives in a fisherman's cottage on the beach. It is the last morning of her stay, and Chrissy, who loves drawing, takes her sketch pad and walks along the beach to her favourite place, a sand dune above a shell midden. She begins to draw and is so absorbed in her work that she is startled when she hears a voice. She looks up to see a girl in a bikini. They chat and Chrissy tells her new friend about her life, how she lives with her uncle and aunt and cousins because her mother died when she was a tiny baby. Then Chrissy asks if she can do the girl's portrait. When she's finished the drawing, it's time for her to go, so she says goodbye and runs back to the cottage. Her uncle has already arrived, so Chrissy goes to wash her hands for lunch. When she returns, she can sense that something has happened because Ma Birdie looks very upset. Chrissy then sees her sketch pad open at the portrait of the girl on the beach. Ma Birdie points to the picture and says, it's Christina. Christina has come back out of the sea. Chrissy has no idea what Marbirdie means. She had been told her mother, Christina, had died after an illness. Marbirdie then tells Chrissy the truth about her mother. How after she was born, her mother was very depressed and Marbirdie was taking care of her. One day she went for a walk along the beach and never came back. The next day, her body was found near the shell midden. When Ma Birdie had seen the girl in the picture, it looked just like her daughter, and for a moment, she had believed the ghost of Christina had come out of the sea. Finally, Chrissy knows the truth about her mother. On the drive home, her uncle tells her stories of her mother growing up and how proud of Chrissy she would have been. The story ends with Chrissy saying, I think invisible mending can happen to people too. People like me, who once had a torn place deep inside. And then without you even knowing it, it starts to heal, as if it has been sewn up with tiny stitches. And one day it will be mended and no one will know it was ever there. <laughs>